Well, go with me, if you would, please, to James, the fourth chapter. James, chapter four. I am uh, beginning something new this morning. And uh, I'm not even going to say. <laughs> you know <laughs> that it could be a single message. I'm, I'm not even going to say that. We'll see, but probably not. <laughs> Which is okay, right? I mean, that's one of the benefits of having a church family. You come back, the Lord tells you coming, you come back next week. Is that right? Come get some more, get some more, get some more. But in James, the fourth chapter, verse 13 says, Go to now, you that say today or tomorrow we'll go to such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor, or we might say a mist, that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. For that we ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. And so this passage is dealing with the brevity of life, And since life is so brief, you don't want to waste it on all of your plans. And you want to emphasize whatever is his will. If it be his will and whatever his will, that is the only good use of your life, your days. The other stuff is wasting your life. And you don't have, we don't have days to waste. This life is all we've ever known. And so we think, you know, 50 years is a long time. Or 100 years is a long time. But if you read the Word, you understand that God sees time correctly. And he perceives the passing of a thousand years like we do a day or like last night, a watch in the night. So that is the correct perception of time. So if a thousand years is like a day, day like a thousand years, then a hundred year lifespan would be like a couple of hours, comparatively, a couple of hours. And that's how we should think, because that's right. That's how we should think. If you're 50 years old, then with the Lord sustaining you, you got maybe an hour left, hour and a half left. Now see people smiling and laughing, This is not a joke. This is how it is. If you don't think so, it's because you're thinking wrong. And you'll find most of the population of the planet live in a fantasy. They live and act like 
that what they're doing now, they're going to do forever. They, they act like, you know, well, my home, my job, my family, my this. No, it's changing like this. Soon and very soon, that phase is going to be over. That season is going to be over. And soon and very soon, you're going to be breathing your last, your last breath. And, and for the Christian, that's not something to be afraid of. You slip out of your body. You go to be with the Lord, which is far better than being here. First Peter, if you'd looked at First Peter 1, somebody can almost hear him thinking, I don't know if I like this new <laughs> message or not. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> do you like the truth? What will the truth do for you? The truth will make you free. Now, we need to be free from the deceptions of the world, from, from acting like you're going to live down here forever and acting like you're going to keep doing the same things. No. Things are changing all around. Nothing down here is forever. Nothing. No natural thing. Everything down here is like a gallon of milk. It's got an expiration date on it. (laughs) And if you don't use it while it's good, (laughs) you waited too late. (laughs) <laughs> in 1 Peter 1 23 he said we're born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God which lives and abides forever for all flesh is as grass what, what is your now flesh is your body your body is flesh and what is your body like according to God It's like the stuff that grows in your yard. Why? Because the grass withers and the flower thereof falls away. This body is exactly like the grass in your yard. It springs up. It hits its peak. Then it's past peak. (laughs) Then it fades. Then it's gone. Then there's another generation that comes along. But that grass is gone. And you and I are the current grass. (laughs) And some of us haven't yet hit peak. Some of us past peak. (laughs) Folks don't like that. Hey, don't fight something you cannot change. Right? Don't let something chew you up. That's not the real thing anyway. This body is going to be fixed. Everything about it that you don't like. Is going to get fixed. And then some. This mortal is going to become immortal. This corruptible is going to become incorruptible. It's going to be glorified. And I assure you. When the power gets through surging through it and changing it to immortal and glorified, you will be very, very happy with your body then. But right now, there's lots of reasons not to be so happy with it. (laughs) But we just need to know this is not the final edition. This is not. What we need is this thing in good working condition to complete our 
job and finish our course because time is ticking. Time is ticking. I know I've said it for years, and those of you who have been around, you keep hearing me say it, but every once in a while I just look at Phyllis and go, man, this life is short. It is so short. Well, what does that mean? It means that whatever you're going to do, you best get to it. Is it too early to think about how you're going to finish up? I don't care if you're 15 years old. Is it too early to think about how you're going to finish this thing up? <laughs> Some folks are quiet. <laughs> and then a lot of people they really well I don't want to I don't want to think about that you know think about dying you better think about it you need to be ready to go there's a number of folks who left south of us in the storm earlier than they thought they would is that right all over this world whether it's war whether it's accidents whether it's crime whether it's disease People are leaving here every day by the scores of thousands, and many of them, many of them are not old. And so what's, what's the answer? You need to be ready to go now. You need to be ready to go right now, and not assume that you can just pretend and live a fantasy, and then later on, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, go, okay, I better get serious, you know, and and. Yeah. You're not guaranteed that. Everybody say, you need to be ready to go. Now. Right now. If your heart stopped, you are seconds away from your spirit leaving your body. That's it. I mean, all it's got to do is just stop. Quit doing what it's doing. And you'll fall over in a slump. And if something doesn't change in just a very few seconds, a couple of minutes... Your spirit will come out of your body. And if you're a believer, that's nothing to be afraid of. It's likely something to look forward to. But you got a job to do. There's a reason why we're here. How many believe there's a reason why you're here? You got a purpose to fulfill before that happens. And you don't want to be robbed, you don't want to leave early. You want to have a full reward past this life. If you don't think so, you need to think some more about it. Is it too early to think about finishing? It is not. In fact, with a whole lot of people, you're late. You're really late. Do we have those pictures, Phyllis? Put up the first one then. I started learning how to fly. Back in 1996, what's that, 25, 6 years ago? And um, this was our first little aircraft. That is a single-engine Beechcraft Bonanza. It's a primo little single, but obviously very small. And at this point, go to the next, next page here, that's Phyllis and I. And the picture of the lady you saw that just went home to be with the Lord, our board member, Miss Ann Eckford. Jimmy is the one, her husband's the one who took the picture. And they came to see me off 
as I launched on my solo cross country. At this point, I'm not a licensed pilot. I have my student learner's permit, if you will. And part of what you have to do is once you get to a certain place where you've demonstrated to the instructor that you can fly the plane, you can take off and land, you can do some things. Well, there comes a point where they want to see you leave the airport and go a few hundred miles to somewhere else and land and come. So you've got to plan the trip. You've got to aviate, navigate, communicate, what they say. You've got to do it. And so uh, Phyllis is there with me, of course, and she tells me later, she said uh, she was apprehensive. (laughs) And her, her concern was, she said later, she said, not that you could fly the airplane, because I've always been a motorhead. She, she figured he could fly this thing. It was, could I find my way there? <laughs> and, could I, and could I find my way back, you know? <laughs> because I wasn't good at directions. And it was, <laughs> y'all are laughing. <laughs> Relax, I'm here, right? I made it. I made it. <laughs> This is 26 years ago. But she was right. She was right. And it's because, now we're already in the ministry at this time. And I'm already preaching and she's already ministering. But I, I had an immature concept of living by faith. And by that I mean a lot of people think, well, you know, just, uh, just wing it. <laughs> Or just, you know, by the seat of your pants. No planning. Let's just see what happens. And thinking that's living by faith. And so even though we had been in town there in the city of Tulsa, for if you look in the picture, you can see behind it is the city of faith. uh, Or Roberts University there. Even though we had been there for years, she'd have to help me get around town. If, I, if we weren't just going, you know, from work to home or something, we got out and about because I just didn't pay attention like I should because I just didn't care enough, you know. And I was always the exploring type. I like to, you know, not have things too planned out. And um, <laughs> in fact, at the funeral, their grandson said, pulled us aside and said, they came up to the lake one day, and I was there, and just him and his 20-year, these two 20-year-old guys, and I said, y'all want to go for a uh, jet ski ride? They said, yeah. And they said, man, 100 miles later, their tongues were hanging out, and they were like, didn't know if we can keep up with this guy, you know, because I was twice their age, and they, Phyllis Lassen calls me Daniel Boone, that I like to, I like to check things out, and explore, and go, and not have things too, too laid out. But part of that was not going to work with piloting. <laughs> if you say, well, uh, where are you going? Well, we'll just take off and decide later. <laughs> now, depending on what kind of flying you're doing, well, there could be some of that. But no, the more serious flying gets, we, I found out I have to think about where I'm going to land. Before I take off. 
And now you know we fly international. And so before we ever leave Sarasota, we have a pretty good idea where we're going to park the plane on the other side of the world and how we're going to get there through every segment. Now that doesn't mean you're locked into it. You can deviate from the plan as you need to, but you got a plan. And this helped me having to do this because I, I, I realized quickly you can't just sit up here and say, well, you know, case okay, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. We need a plan. <laughs> go, go to the next part. This is uh, me boarding the, the plane to blast off. We were going to, to Mississippi because that was my destination from Tulsa. Keep going. And this is when we actually took off. And, you know, as you can tell, we made it back. <laughs> but uh, it helped me in things with the church and things with the ministry that I began to realize this playing fast and loose, this flying by the seat of your pants, this uh, winging it is actually being lazy. And people excuse it as being spiritual when it's the opposite of spiritual. Being lazy is being fleshy. And God knows the end from the beginning. Does he? Does he or not? He knows the end from the beginning. And part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is he will show us things to come. Now, he's not going to show you the whole thing because then you wouldn't be walking by faith. But he will show you enough to take steps and to have an eye, an idea at least, about the direction you're going. And is it too early to think about finishing up? That's not everybody. You're just going to wing it anyway. You're just going to forget it. No, I'm telling you. We need to focus on the important things in life and not why, because if you don't, if you don't make some serious focus and commitments and adjustments, you will lift up your head 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, and realize you have wasted a lot of precious time in life on things that will not matter to anybody in the future. And you'll realize, how, well, how much time do I have left? And in many cases, none. And some cases, not enough to accomplish everything you should have for the past 50, 75 years. Look with me in the book of Acts, please. Will the word help you? Book of Acts, chapter 20. Paul by the, is speaking by the Spirit of God here. When... Uh, He's about to go to Jerusalem, and we know from, because we have the rest of the book, that then he winds up getting incarcerated, and he winds up going to Rome, and, but that that was, that was the plan all along. When he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, when he was born again, he told him that those things were going to happen. Is there a path you're supposed to be on? In Acts 20, 
he said, verse uh, 22, Now behold, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem. Notice that term, bound in the Spirit. Another way of saying it is compelled by the Spirit. And there's an implication of commitment on his part in that. The Spirit of God is compelling me to do it, and I am committed to do it. Bound in the Spirit. Not knowing the things that shall befall me there. There will always be a lot you don't know. Save or accept that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying that bonds and afflictions are waiting on me. Abide me. Read the next verse. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. Everybody say that out loud. Finish my course with joy. Let's say it out loud. Finish my course with joy. Now you know the joy of the Lord is your strength. So that's another way of saying, finish my course strong. It's not God's will that we go out with a whimper. But that we finish up with a shout. Hey! That we did it. We did it strong. And we did it the whole way. Don't you like this word, finish? finish. And that's the title of the new series. Faithful to finish. Hallelujah. Faithful to finish. What's that? Series? Oh, I said series. (laughs) Well, I reckon that's pretty obvious, right? So, how are we going to finish all this up in 20, 30 minutes? I mean, right? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Y'all are laughing at me. I can take it. He said, none of these things move me, whether I'm jailed, whether I'm mistreated, whether I'm beaten, whether I have to sacrifice, whether I have to die. Now, do you think everybody thinks like this? No, they don't. Should believers all think like this? Yeah, you should. And we're already getting into a central part of this. This is what it takes to finish your course. This is what it takes. What? It takes a full measure of commitment. It takes a full persuasion. It takes a full commitment. And if that's not there... Even though you may start out wonderfully and go along pretty good for a while, you're going to encounter some things that's going to be too much for the half commitment. And you will quit. And you will stop. And oh man, Phyllis and I have been in the ministry long enough now. We just celebrated this past spring 40 years in the ministry. And what's sad is, and thank God, I'm not saying that's a long time, but it's longer than a couple. And, um, but what we've talked about recently is how many people we know 
who started in the ministry. Same time we did. Who hadn't been in the ministry, they quit 30 years ago. And I'm not talking about a couple of people. I'm talking about scores of people. And that's just the ones we know about. People that back, you know, 30, 40 years ago, they were so excited, so fired up. You know, oh man, we're going to do this thing. We're going to, you know, obey God and build a church. And willing to go anywhere and be a missionary. Willing to go anywhere and start a church. Willing to serve anywhere. And that is all long gone out the window They're on their fourth marriage. Their bodies barely function. And not even going to church. Not even going to church. Much less serving in the ministry. What happened? Now, it's a foolish person who just hears that and goes, well, that won't happen to me. Well, why did it happen to them? If you don't know why it happened to them, how do you know you're not going to do the same thing? It's foolish for you just to assume. Why? Because you're just prettier? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Are you all okay? Listen to some other translations of this. The NIV says, verse 24. Let's see. This is a, I must have a different NIV. But it's close. Here we go. Yeah, the NIRV. There's more than one. That's the one I got. NIRV. My life means, reader's version is what that is. My life means nothing to me. My only goal is to finish the race. I want to complete the work the Lord Jesus has given me. Would anybody be willing to confess that? Now this is a strong statement. King James says, I don't count my life dear to myself. And boy, this is the big deal. Jesus said, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, if you hold to your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose it for his sake, you'll find it. And if you you cling to it and go, well, I've got to live my life, then you will, even though you think you get what you want, it will slip through your fingers And you will wind up old and alone and despondent and realizing, I made the wrong choice. What's the right choice? All in for God. Come on, y'all with me? Somebody say all in. All in. in. If it costs you your life. And in some ways, it will Even if you don't physically die for him, it's going to cost sacrificing things that your head thought you wanted, things that your friends thought they wanted. You see what I'm talking about? It's going to cost you your life in different ways. Oh, but you'll be so glad. Phyllis, look back now. Some of the things at the time that we left it, it was our whole life. Talking about back 40 Five years ago or so now, you know, I remember we we had a little Marriott mobile home that was sad. (laughs) On a little piece of land, and um, I had a a hot rod, and I had a motorcycle, and a dog that caught my Frisbee, and a pretty wife, you know, 
I'm doing pretty good for a country boy. But, man, when we realize the Lord, he's calling us to come and do something else, do something for him. And we walked away from it. Now, you know, it wouldn't have been, if you put it all together, it wouldn't have been a few thousand dollars worth of stuff. But it was all we had in the world. That was our life. And when we left it, looking back now to think we could have missed everything that we're experiencing now if we'd have held on to that little Marriott mobile home and that little used car. You see what I'm saying? And yet everybody has to make these choices. And at the time you're making it, you don't realize how little it is you're turning loose and you have no idea how great what's ahead of you is and you'll never find it out. Unless you're willing to not cling to mama, daddy, community, home, children, grandchildren. Come on, y'all listening to me? For all the things I've just mentioned, people are missing the plan of God over these things and many other lesser things. And Jesus has talked about this. You know his words. If you love mother, father, brother, sister, you know, son, daughter, more than me, you're not worthy of me. And if you're not willing to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me. And that's because we haven't had much of an idea how great the reward is. How great the place is. And for us to squabble about little stuff down here. and Oh, I can't leave that. And, and I can't do that. When the Lord says, well, fine. You're not worthy of what I had planned for you. If this means more to you than what I have. And we need to make up our mind. That just like what Paul said. Said out loud. None of these things, of these things move, me. move me. And I don't count my life dear to myself. What does that mean? That I'm just going to cling and hold on to that and that's the most important thing. But what's the big deal? Put it up again, please. What's the big deal? That I might finish my course with joy and the ministry. Now you might say, well, I'm, I'm not called into the ministry. Oh, yes, you are. This word means service. And a lot of folks have attached a whole idea when they hear the word ministry, but it's the word for service. And all of us have a grace that makes us useful for some kind of service. Ministers have a grace to teach and preach, but that's just a small percentage of the body of Christ. Everybody has a grace or graces and abilities to be of service to the church, to the body of Christ. To the work of the Lord. And that's what you want to find. And fill. And finish. Huh? You want to find. What your place is. And what your grace is. And what your service is. And you want to get in there and do it. Until you fulfill it. As long as it takes. If it's the next 20 years. 50 years. 80 years. You do it until you. Finish it and then, friend, 
You are going to be so happy when you're breathing your last and you know you're leaving here and you can look back and no, you didn't do everything perfectly, but you didn't just waste your whole life on yourself. Phyllis and I talked about the other day, you know, we're so thankful. We started in this in our early 20s. And I'm so thankful that we're not just starting now. Because some things take time. They take time to build. And, and if we went right now, we could say, well, praise God. We didn't do nothing. But it's not too early for us to be thinking about finishing up. Branson Church, I said the ministry's 40 years. Branson Church, 20 years. This church, 10 years. Anybody here when this church first started? Does 10 years seem like that long ago? We're already, you know, at least I am. <laughs> In my 60s. <laughs> and uh, I speak for myself. But you know, just another 20 years, which is nothing. That's 80s. And that's what the Lord's sustaining you. Because how many 60-year-olds are going to die across the planet today? So is it too early to be thinking about how we're going to finish up? And that we need to finish up. And finish up strong and not let all of this diversions of the world because this that's the enemy's tricks he's all about flashy and and gaudy and look at this and get involved in this and do this and and what he wants you to do is get caught up in it until it takes more and more of your time and energies and thoughts until you look up and you have wasted years and it took you away from this Every morning when you open your eyes, you have a limited amount of energy, time, opportunity. It's like money. If you spend it on the wrong thing, you won't have it to spend on the other thing. And so our choices every day are so vital and important. Let me read this to you again from a different translation. He said in, in the English version, Good News Translation, if you got that one, put that up, or today's English, there's several that's, that word it like this. Verse 24, I reckon my own life to be worth nothing to me. Somebody said, well, how, how could you possibly see it that way when you realize it is a vapor? And you keep that in front of your thinking. Am I going to live down here forever? It's it's so foolish. People make their plans. And they're like, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Does it sound like that passage we read in James? And we'll work here and we'll finish this. And we'll pay this off and we'll retire. And then we can play golf. We can fish. We can travel the world. You are assuming a lot of stuff that you will even be here. And that you will be able to do it. Physically or mentally or financially or any of that. And if you put yourself first, you can be sure it's not going to go the way you hope. It'll slip through your fingers. But you find if you just die to that, if you die to that and say, forget what I thought. I want you to practice that. Forget what I thought. 
What I had planned, what I had imagined, what, you know, just, just forget that. God, what do you want me to do with my remaining days? Man, you do that, and you know what you'll find? You know, there's things I liked, you know, before I made a full commitment to the Lord. I was always a big motorcycle fan. And one of the first things I had, I, I had a Harley Davidson. My first Harley Davidson, I was 13 years old. <laughs> and other guys, you know, had pictures of, of girls on their bedroom wall. I had a picture of a guy on a motorcycle and his hair was in the wind. And I thought, now that, that's it right there. That's it. But when I left, when we left home, and came to Raymond to go to school and to pursue the call on our life, I had a, a Kawasaki 900Z1, which at the time was the fastest bike you could get. I left it sitting in a shed to rust. I left it. I walked away from it. And eventually sold it to somebody, you know, and, and, uh, and didn't have a bike for uh, years and years and years. And finally, Phyllis, we, we I, I don't, was it? 15 years, I don't know, a bunch of years, Phyllis said, you know, my birthday was coming up. She said, she said, I wasn't going to tell you this, but I thought maybe I should at least talk to you about it. I said, what? She said, I thought about getting you a, a, a motorcycle, a custom motorcycle. And I said, uh, do I want one? And she about fell off her chair. She's like, does Keith Moore want a good motorcycle? But I had died to it. You understand what I'm talking about? That was not my life anymore. That was not my life anymore. But because of that change, the Lord could add it back to me. And it was, I had it in a place where, you know, I could take it or leave it. But I'm not going to miss ministry over motorcycles. You understand what I'm saying? And that's, that's where the problem came in. And the only way to get free from something like that, you've got to get out of it. You've got to die to it. And that can be years involved. Depends on the individual. But then, you know, recently we were out ministering and in, in, in out west. And, you know, we rented some bikes. And I rode bikes for, what, four days? We rode through the Olympic National Park. We rode through the Cascades Park. I saw giant trees and rode through my, just had a wonderful time. But that's not my life. If I needed to do ministry at that same time, the bike riding would have been gone. But what I'm saying is, if you will lose that, then the Lord will add it to you at the right way and the right time. You, in the end, you're not going to lose anything that's worth having and knowing. You'll lose the pain. You'll lose the loss, but you cannot put anything ahead of him and fulfill and finish your course. It will interfere with it. Didn't the Lord say, you cannot serve two masters? Can't do it. He said, uh, I reckon my own life to be worth nothing to me. I only want to complete my mission and finish the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to do. In his case, declare the good news about the grace of God. Said out loud, I only want to complete my mission and finish the work 
Now see, King James said ministry. Here it just says work. And, and we said the word means service. I want to complete my mission. I want to finish my service that the Lord gave me to do. Is that for every believer on the planet? It is for every believer on the planet. Hallelujah. The, the new century, the NCV says, the most important thing is that I complete my mission and the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to do. God's word translation says, I want to finish the race I'm running. I want to carry out the mission I received from the Lord Jesus. Should we become mission-minded? Mission-minded. Finish the mission. I know years ago, one of the first multi-million dollar projects that the Lord gave us to accomplish I was just kind of going gaga about it. I thought, you know, never seen that kind of money come in and how, how could it happen? And uh, I thought, well, Lord, what should I try to believe for? And, and what if it's this much? And, and the, the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean to heard a voice, but inside, he said, son, I don't care how much it costs. Just get the job done. Now, what if, what if you're talking to somebody who was a trillionaire? And you're squabbling about something that cost $100 more than it should. You reckon he might say to you, but you didn't do it? Does he care about the $100? No. Well, God's bigger than a trillionaire. Is that right? And he said to me, he said, I don't care how much it costs. Just get the job done. So say that like, get the job done. Get the job done. Was that complete the mission? Complete the mission. What's, what's the big mission? Go into all the world. Proclaim the good news to every created being. And on this rock, Jesus is building his church. Hallelujah. Help the gospel get preached. Help build the church. And that's about ministering to people. People that don't know him, getting them in. People that do know him, growing up. Can you do something that affects that? That's too weak. I said, can you do something that that affects that? Is there a grace, something about you, something about your time, something about your abilities that could make a difference, that could add, that could help? The answer is a resounding yes. It's why you were made. It's why you're breathing. And when you do that, even your natural job takes on kingdom significance. Everything you do begins to lock in place and begins to have favor and grace on it because your number one thing is not just living life and being happy or retiring early and having some fun. Your number one thing is get the job done. Complete the mission and you'll find in the middle of that he'll give you pockets of enjoyment. He'll give you, and you'll really be able to enjoy it because you're not doing that instead of what you should be doing. Go to 1 Timothy, please. In closing, I think. Hallelujah. Some things don't make you run the aisle when you first hear it. But when you do it, you do a lot of shouting then. <laughs> Uh, 2 Timothy is what I should have said. 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4. Don't you like that phrase the Spirit of God said through Paul? None of these things move me. What? Getting locked up? 
getting beat, stoned, which he did. He went, if you read 2 Corinthians, shipwrecked, <laughs> beat with rods, <laughs> right? Do you think Paul now, you know, millennia later, in heaven is going, ooh, that was too rough. That was just too much to ask of anybody. Are you kidding? Paul is Paul. And when you're somebody in heaven, you're somebody. Forever. Do you think he is glad by the grace of God he didn't think some of that was too high a price to pay? Or too much? No, no. He has a, a preeminent place in the forever kingdom. Is he a good example to follow? Yes, he is. In uh, 2 Timothy 4 and 5, he said, Watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. He's writing to Timothy, who's a minister. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. The BBE says, completing the work which has been given you to do. The complete Jewish Bible, verse 5, says, Do everything your service to God requires. Verse 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul knew in his spirit, I'm done. I've got days left, or weeks, whatever it was. I've made it. I'm and and don't you like that that phrase? I'm ready. Whew! Does it sound good to anybody? My time's come. What? I'm I'm about to be out of here. And I'm ready. I'm ready. Verse seven. I fought a good fight. Hey. Oh, help me with that next part. Help me with that next part. Wish I'd have done more. I just, I've wasted so much of my life and time. No, no, no. Now, he made mistakes before he got saved. Didn't he? Oh, he, I mean, he persecuted the church. He did some bad stuff. But man, by the power of the blood, you can be clean like that never happened. But when he did see the light, he was full on board. Wasn't he? When, when he got saved, he, he was all out for God. I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. What, what's the opposite of that? I didn't fight. I gave up and quit. A lot of folks this has happened to. I didn't finish my course. I was all excited, you know, 20 years ago, but then I got offended because somebody didn't give me the position and this and that, and I quit going to church and you know, got caught up in the world, backslid, and never finished their course. I didn't keep the faith. I was even questioning God's existence. Do you know how many Christians have done this? No, I want to do this. I said, I want to do this. Not that. It's fools who do that. 
I don't want to be a fool. I want to be alert and aware. The psalmist said, teach us to number our days. See how, how short they are, how brief they are. Should we live in an awareness? Not, not a fear, not a panic, not tension, but just an awareness. Just like me taking off in that little airplane. Did I need to know where I'm going? <laughs> Y'all are laughing, but did I? Did I need to have an idea? Okay, well, when you find the airport, what are you going to do? Uh, which way, you know, you can land this way or you can land this way. Which way should you land? Well, you got to know which way the wind's blowing. And well, what if somebody else is on, uh, you know, they landed gear up on, on the runway and I can't land there? Then what? Oh, well, what if I don't have enough gas to get there? Uh-oh. <laughs> Making plans is not a lack of faith. It can actually be faith that you are planning to finish. Faith prepares. Faith gets ready. Is that right? Noah prepared an ark. What if he had said, we're just going to trust God that he will take care of us. <laughs> you and I wouldn't be talking because <laughs> that would have been in. God did protect them by telling them to build the ark. But then they had to do it. They had to prepare. Prepare. Is it too early to make preparations for finishing up? And, and, and to, to see, am I on the right course? Am I in the right place? Am I with the right people? Am I doing the right things? Or did I supplant and replace God's plan with some goofy ideas I had? Things I wanted to do. You know, parents tell their children sometimes, you know, honey, you know, son, daughter, you're, you're smart, you're, you're bright, you're, you're this. You can be anything you want to be when you grow up. You can do anything you can do when you grow up. Not if you're a Christian, you can't. That's not true. Oh, you can do it. You can. But it won't be blessed. It won't prosper. You'll encounter failure after failure without the grace and help of God. If you're a Christian, it's already been decided what you should be, what part of the body you are, what your graces are, where you should function. It's not for you to decide what you want to be and do. It's to discover what God has already pre-planned, foreordained for you and I to do. And oh, when you find it and you get in your place and you start doing the things you're supposed to do, oh, it's a connection. It's a spark. And you go, glory to God, this was what I was made for. This is, what, this is why I'm on the planet. This is what I, nothing surpasses that. Amen. Nothing compares with that satisfaction and that contentment when you realize I found it. I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and realizing then I'm not just wasting my days and my time. This is amounting to something. This is going to matter. This will continue past this life. And so then when you get to that point, which is not going to be long away, <laughs> where Paul is, the time of my departure is at hand. It's here. I'm ready. Don't you want to be able to say that? Yes. So many people say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I need to do this. Well, you could be too late. 
I'm ready. Oh, this, this is godly. This is spiritual. This is being wise, not being dumb. And this is not something he started last week. When he got saved, for all those years, he had given himself completely. He didn't even count his life dear to himself. His focus in life, finish my mission. His focus in life, complete my course. And here he's, he's at the end. And he said, I've fought a good fight. Verse 7, put it up again. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, after this, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all them. He's talking about you and me if if we'll do it. All them that love his appearing. He said, do your diligence to come shortly to me, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed into Thessalonica. Now, Paul's got a good ministry, and Demas was involved in it with him. But for some reason, he decides, I'm going to do something else. And he left. Because he loved the present world more. Did Demas finish his course? Apparently not. As far as we know. Like we said. It doesn't take long. You run out of time. I don't want to be like that. Don't have to be like that. So let's back up to the part we like. (laughs) Let's back verse 6. Are you there? Somebody say this is me. This is me. Hmm? Stand up, everybody. We're going to say this out loud. I want you to practice it so that when the time comes, you'll know what to say. You won't be fumbling around trying to figure out what to say. You'll know what to say. When the time comes, and it won't be long, it won't be long. I don't care if you're 25, you know, 80 years is going to come and go so fast. Said out loud, I'm ready to be offered. offered. Time of my departure is at hand. What's the next part? I have fought a good fight. Can you say that if you didn't even try? No, you wouldn't be able to say that. But sun's still shining. You're still breathing. God's on the throne. We could have some time. Is that right? It's possible we could have some time to do this. I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Say it again. I finished my course. I finished my course. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.